Hey everybody, welcome to The Light Angle. Today is February 13th, 2023. My name is Jack. Happy to have y'all here. Hope you had a good weekend. Welcome to the new week. So, is it aliens? Is it balloons? Do we know what's being shot down? I heard it was like going over flights or fighter jets were flying over northeastern Wisconsin the other day and all kinds of crazy stuff was going on. I mean, my goodness, what kind of world are we living in? Anyway, we're not going to talk anymore about that because, well, no one knows what the heck they're talking about. No one knows what it is apparently. And even if they did, do you think they'd tell us? No, probably not. So instead, we're going to talk about some good news. I have a couple articles today. These are these are home runs. This is good stuff. So yesterday was a Super Bowl. I didn't watch it. Didn't really care. I mean, I hear Rihanna's pregnant and she was doing the halftime show. I'm sure that's good because I'm sure it was quiet and easy listening for the baby. So, you know, that's nice. And uh, heard, I, I did hear Chris Stapleton did a great job singing the national anthem. So I should check that out. As far as the Eagles and the Chiefs, eh. You know, whatever. Yeah, I know. What kind of American dude am I? So there used to be a time where Super Bowl was it. That was a reason to celebrate and party and have a good time. Now, I like, I like you know, getting into bed at an early time, you know. So I guess I'm old now. Whatever. So anywho, have you ever wondered what happens to the merchandise of the losing team of a Super Bowl? Because, you know, you see the players after the game and they're holding up the t-shirts that say, you know, Super Bowl, blah, 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 champions. Um, so either they have printing presses, you know, right there that print the shirts and all of the, uh, you know, stuff up, or they print both teams winning the Super Bowl ahead of time, right? Which I think is more likely. So what happens to all those clothing articles, pieces that are produced before the game? Well, let me tell you what happens. Fox News reports on Super Bowl, whatever number this was, merchandise of losing team will still serve a big purpose. As soon as the final whistle is blown uh, Sunday, yesterday, the Super Bowl winners will be dressed in merchandise commemorating their victory. Hats and shirts with the team name will be quickly shared on the field. But what happens to the merchandise of the losing team? That's where Good 360 comes in. The Virginia-based organization has partnered with the NFL for the ninth consecutive year to ensure the losing merchandise doesn't go to waste. It's been a wonderful partnership to repurpose the non-winners' hats, shirts, and so forth, because if not, they'd sit in a warehouse or, God forbid, they'd go in a landfill. Good 360 CEO Romain Seguin told Fox News, The organization has worked with the NFL nearly a decade, taking thousands of unused apparel items from past Super Bowls and AFC and NFC Championship games and donating them to communities in need. Those places have included Africa, Asia, Eastern Europe, and the Middle East. You know, there's people in the world that don't have clothes, don't have a shirt to put on. I mean, you and I take take it for granted, Sigwen said. But unfortunately, there's still a great need out there in communities and out in the world. The league is heavily involved in the process along the way, picking the nonprofits that are vetted by Good360's compliance team. Seguin explained that after the big brands are approved by the NFL for licensing, the production of that merchandise immediately begins once the participating teams are decided. They are then sent to their distribution sites and taken to the stores, where they remain in storage until the final game whistle is blown. The winner's merchandise is made ready for sale. The same process happens with the Super Bowl. 
that's when we get in the motion of starting to say, okay, we already know where the distribution centers are, and we just facilitate the transportation to get all the boxes. The process of gathering the merchandise and shipping it to the nonprofits can take anywhere between 10 to 14 days. But Seguin said the items from the AFC and NFC title games have already been moved. Seguin said to avoid any of these items making it to the black market for profit, its compliance team works to ensure that these materials are not distributed to North America, South America, or Central America. They are normally sourced to extremely poverty-stricken areas of the world. Excuse me. So that's pretty cool. Making, you know, use of stuff that wouldn't otherwise be used or thrown out. So, I mean, I don't know. It raises questions in my mind, like, you know... Where does all the money come from to send these to these places? But that's dumb. Let's just be grateful that, you know, people who don't have shirts and hats get shirts and hats now. So if you find yourself on vacation in the Middle East or, you know, in Asia or Africa, and you see that, you know, this year's Super Bowl winner was the Eagles, you know, now you know why they have a shirt that says that. So lucky you. All right. Our next one is from people.com. This is pretty amazing. So you ever thought back to your high school years and said, hmm, bet you I could have put forth a little more effort and did things a little bit better? Well, there's other people who, at the age of like four or five, say, you know what? I'm going to put forth a little more extra effort and work a little bit harder. One of those people is this young nine-year-old boy who wants to be an astrophysicist. Why? Why would a nine-year-old say that? Well, he just graduated from high school. Pennsylvania boy David Balligan recently graduated high school and now is considering top universities to pursue his dream. While most nine-year-old students are eagerly anticipating graduating from elementary school, this Pennsylvania boy just got his high school diploma. David, nine years old, recently received his diploma from Reach Cyber Charter School, which is based in Harrisburg, after taking online classes. This achievement makes David one of the youngest people to graduate from high school. David started high school right before COVID-19 closed school doors in early 2020 and continued his studies virtually ever since. According to Insider, per uh, Insider, he ended up graduating in three years with a 4.0 GPA. Well, I feel a little shameful. I think I graduated with like a maybe a three in four years. And I was twice his age. Anyway, David was an inspirational kid, definitely one who changes the way you think about teaching, science teacher Cody Durr told WGAL. Alongside hobbies that include playing the piano and martial arts, the child prodigy is passionate about science and computer programming and already has career aspirations to become an astrophysicist, he told the local station. I want to be an astrophysicist and I want to study black holes and supernovas, he said. To help him pursue his passions, Davis has already completed a semester at Bucks County Community College, and his parents are currently weighing options for college. However, as he is still a child, they're hesitant to send him somewhere too far from home. We're still kind of grappling with all these things, if that makes any sense, to figure out what is the right fit, his mom says. You can imagine a nine-year-old running around a campus by himself, added his dad, Henry. It is difficult for him to focus on what adults usually like to focus on, and they might see him as, okay, where's the parent? Where's your dad? Where's your mom? So far, the family told the outlet that they're still considering Ivy League institutions such as Harvard, Princeton, and the University of Pennsylvania. Me personally, I mean, maybe this is the difference between me and the rest of the world, but... 
I mean, the kid just graduated high school. He's going to college, probably going to be 10, right? Maybe he should run around campus by himself and, you know, figure some stuff out, you know, get some, get some life experience under his belt. You know, that's probably wrong, but I mean, he's that smart. He can figure it out, right? <sighs> Thank God my kids are all out of the house and grown and doing adult things because, uh, and also thank God my wife was there to play mom and dad when I was deployed all those years and, you know, do that stuff. Cause it's, uh, <clears throat> um, yeah, it's, it's scary if I'm left alone, you know, it's anyway, <clears throat> good for this kid. Good job, man. 10 years old going to college. Jeez. All right. Let's see. Let's talk about another superhero. So this is a little bit different and, much more uh, out there in age. This is from uh, WXYZ out of Detroit. It's an ABC affiliate. Um, community surprises woman who found and turned in bag filled with almost $15,000. If you shop at the VC Fresh Market on M59 in Waterford, Michigan, Diane Gordon may have helped you out at the deli counter. She is a dedicated worker who has walked more than five miles round trip down the M59 from work to her home in White Lake since her car broke down about a year ago. On January 21st, she decided to take a break on her way home at a BP gas station. On the ground in front of me, in front of the door, there was a bag and it had some money in it, as Gordon said. What would you do? Surveillance video shows what Gordon did. She walked up to the clerk, Haley Nicolopoulos, <laughs> yeah, that's her real name, and said, we need to call the police. Anybody could have just walked away with it, Nicolopoulos said. Nicolopoulos, well, let's say it one more time. Nicolopoulos says she saw the wedding cards and what turned out to be almost $15,000. She thought of a couple people who had stopped not long before dressed like they just came from a wedding. I actually joked around with the police officer that I should get married because that's a lot of money. But I'm glad it got returned to the right people for sure. I was taught if it doesn't belong to you, you don't keep it, Miss Gordon said. White Lake Township Police Department Lieutenant Matthew Ivory said she did the right thing, and it was time to do something good for someone who did something good. Ivory says a spouse of a police officer started a GoFundMe page to raise money to get Gordon a vehicle. Police shared it, and it went viral, raising more than $46,000 the Friday after all this happened. It says Friday afternoon. I think it was like a week ago. Anyway. Ah, uh, the sh shot M59 Jeep dealership dropped off a vehicle for her that she says will not only get her to work, but will allow her to see people who are so important to her. My grandson is 13 and he plays hockey and my granddaughter is 11 and she does gymnastics and I haven't seen her play or do any gymnastics yet. So that's going to be very important that I get to see her do that. Miss Gordon said, it means the world to me. I miss them so much. Gordon says she can't thank everyone who donated enough. She can't wait to tell her grandchildren how her wedding celebration love gave her the chance to do the right thing and ultimately resulted in an outpouring of generosity that changed her life. I'm floored. I'm having a hard time keeping it in. I'm just so excited, she said. That's pretty darn amazing. For someone, first of all, for someone to find 15 grand and say, okay, I better call the police. I mean... Look deep inside now and, you know, be honest with yourself. Would you do that? Or would you say, well, hmm, 
I'm going to the casino. I don't know. Do you go to do you do you do that? Do you go to the casino? I don't, but I mean, some people do, and they would do that anyway. But the fact of the matter is, is she called the police, turned it in without any thought of being rewarded for what had happened. You know, and the funny thing is, is she wasn't rewarded from the people who lost the money. It doesn't even tell us that the people that lost the money got it back. Maybe the cops took the fifteen grand. I hope not. I hope the newlyweds got the money back. But anyway, um, the fact is, is that the community heard about her story and what she did selflessly, and they rose up. It, you know, isn't that a feel-good story, man? I mean, you know, there are good people. Not just the lady turning into fifteen grand, but the community donating money to reward this woman for what she did. That's awesome. So when you're thinking, oh my goodness, the world's caving in, we got, you know, horrible things going on, football no one cares about, or maybe just Philadelphia and wherever the Chiefs are from care about, and, you know, Rihanna doing crazy things, pregnant, and I mean, oh my goodness, the world, but then you hear something like this. You know, there are good people out there, and there's a lot of them. So next time that guy cuts you off, maybe it's not a bad dude, but maybe he's just having a bad day and he's in a rush to get somewhere because he found 15 grand and he's trying to get it to the police before he makes a bad decision. I don't know. Maybe, probably not, but there's good folks out there. All right. <clears throat> Sorry, frog in my throat. <clears throat> Needed to take a quick swig. All right. Last article for the week is our weekly Fox News article, Bible verse of the week. This is a goodie. Jesus taught what fulfillment of the law actually means. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill them. Matthew 5.17. This verse comes from the Gospel of Matthew, one of the three synoptic Gospels of the New Testament. Not much is known about St. Matthew, who is credited with, credited with writing the Gospel of Matthew, says Christian website OverviewBible.com. When Matthew was called by Jesus to be one of the disciples, he was employed as a publican or a tax collector. This was one of the most reviled professions in ancient Judaism. Although he's one of the authors of the Gospels, there are just seven mentions of him in the entire Bible. That's crazy, isn't it? The verse from the Gospel of Matthew serves to teach Christians about the dual meaning of fulfillment, said Thomas Petrie, president of the Dominican House of Studies in Washington, D.C. At the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, the mo what most people consider the central teaching of Jesus Christ, we find him insisting that he has not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, Petrie said. Although many of the laws in Pentateuch, the first five books of the Hebrew Bible concern morality. Christians historically have not believed themselves bound to observe the many ceremonial and dietary precepts found in the Torah, Petrie explained. In this teaching, then, Jesus can teach us what the fulfillment of the law is, said Petrie. Fulfillment is more than conformity to external rules. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder an eye for an eye. Fulfillment is interior conversion. Do not even lust. Do not even be angry. Forgive your enemies, he continued. This is a much higher expectation, to be sure, and impossible for us to reach on our own. In this verse, Jesus is making a comment about himself. He fulfills the law and the prophets, all of them, perfectly. No human being has ever been able to observe and practice the hundreds of precepts in the Mosaic law consistently 
or perfectly. Only Jesus, who is God and man, could do so. Jesus was not only able to keep the precepts of Mosaic law perfectly, but also takes on the curse of those who break the law, who break the covenant with God. By suffering and dying on the cross, Jesus accepts the punishment reserved for us sinners. The good news is that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and sent the Holy Spirit into our hearts. He not only fulfills the law and teaches us what fulfillment means, he empowers us to live accordingly. Petrie added, the Holy Spirit works in us that we increasingly become configured to Christ and are more able to live as he lived and to love as he loved. That's amazing. You know, something Christians are really good at doing is harboring grief and shame in their actions, especially their prior actions of their former life before they accepted Jesus into their life. Even Christians who have been in Christ and walking in the light for a decade or two still fall back and get overcome with grief and shame about how they used to be or how they just tripped up last week or maybe even yesterday. It, the fact of the matter is, is we were born with sin. We, it's one of those things that, you know, we just cannot scrub hard enough to get clean, not to the clean of what holy actually is. And so that's where Jesus comes into play. He puts that Holy Spirit in us after we've accepted Christ to understand that we're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. You know, the goal isn't to go five steps forward and, you know, become righteous. The goal is that we do better today than we did yesterday. And there's going to be days where we don't. That's the reality of it all. And you can't beat yourself up for it. We don't have to beat ourselves up for it. That's not part of the deal. In fact, we're specifically told not to beat ourselves up for it, but instead put our faith in Christ. Look towards him. As soon as we feel ourselves starting to trip, or even once we trip, we look to Christ. We follow. We get back on that horse. We put forth the effort, and by the effort, I mean our faith in Christ to bring us through it. You know, we're going to continue to mess up. It's, it's, that's the fact of the matter. You know, you're not going to live a perfect life. Sorry but you're going to live a better life and you're going to live a better life to the people around you. And they're going to see that. And they're going to want to know what's going on with this character. You know, he used to smoke crack and do all this kinds of stuff. And I'm not pointing my finger and, you know, just, you know, fictitious story, but they're going to look and see you as a different person than who you were. Ideally, they're going to see you as somebody they want to have some of that good stuff of. They want to know why it is you do and act the way you do. And when that happens, that's when you get to have the conversation. You get to explain to them what it means to be a Christian and how that actually works and happens. So there you go. Yeah. Deep Thoughts by Jack Schrader. Mm -hmm. All right, y'all. Pray with me. Father God, thank you for this new week and the opportunities you've put before us. Thank you for those who put others first and go out of their way to make this world we live in a better place for everyone, especially those in need. Help us go throughout this week always mindful of keeping on the narrow path and shining the light of Christ before us. We give you praise and thanks for your word and the message within it to help us live accordingly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all, that's it for this episode of The Light Angle. But remember, we each have a purpose that's much greater than making a few extra bucks, feeding a temptation, or getting the last word out in a social media post. It all starts with two simple things, loving our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. Hope always starts with a little light in the darkness.